1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: I'm James Rapine, and this is the Locked On Reds podcast. Great to be with you. Recording this from my office at Rapine Manor, and it is great to be with you on a Monday. As always, you can subscribe to this Daily Reds podcast podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast. Also, a reminder that uh, the number one spot for a lot of things Reds, we got previews, recaps of series, every single podcast posted up there, just really good Reds content from a team of writers that do a a great job, and and occasionally I write as well, at LockedOnReds.com. Here's one thing I guarantee you I'll be writing about the trade deadline. What the Reds do at the trade deadline is very, very, very crucial. And I know it's one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, duh, it's crucial. This, to me, is the most important trade deadline the Reds have had in quite some time. This, to me, is the deadline that could make, break, or reshape the future in a good way for the Reds. And I I can't stress it enough. It's been the most interesting thing of this past month, month and a half, is how they feel about the hot seat, how or, or at the hot streak, excuse me, and how that impacts what they're going to do at the trade deadline. And so it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I will have more on that coming up on this podcast in a few minutes. But let's talk about what happened on the field, because what happened on the field this weekend was really good at Great American Ballpark. Luis Castillo yesterday tossed seven shutout innings. And the Reds took three of four from the Philadelphia Phillies. The the great part about this to me is remember when we were talking about Castillo struggling some, where he was kind of underwhelming. And I, I told you, it's the roller coaster Reds. That that's the nickname. That's what they've done all season. That's what they'll continue to do. Now Tyler Malley's going down the hill, you know, and struggling some. Meanwhile, Luis Castillo trending upward. Last five starts for Castillo. 28 innings, 25 hits, seven earned runs, four walks, 25 strikeouts, one home run, a 2.52 ERA. He's starting to surge a bit. He's starting to show what we hoped he would show all season, and that's fine. This is the the set-the-table year. I, I keep reminding you, I keep saying it, you guys are probably sick of me saying it, but the reality is, is Luis Castillo, we keep talking about aces. The best case scenario would be for the Reds to trade for an ace this offseason or at the dead which I think is probably not likely and very, maybe a 5% chance of them actually doing that. But trading for an ace this offseason and Luis Castillo developing into an ace next year. And then all of a sudden you have two dominant pitchers, right? And so Luis Castillo looked really good yesterday and you're talking about a Phillies lineup that's pretty solid and so it's it's good to see the the Reds get back to where they were right before the All-Star break they started this homestand 1 and 4 finished 5 and 5 and that's uh that's big for them the Reds are 40 and 31 in their last 71 games that's uh since the Matt Harvey trade it was 71 games ago Jim Regelman's record improves to 45 and 43. And June 10th, just giving you random numbers, this one, courtesy of my guy Lance McAllister, 26 and 15 since June 10th. So this team, it rebounded, right? When they started one and four out of the All-Star break, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh, brace yourself. But they're good. They're not great. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're good. So what does it mean for the deadline what does it mean for guys like matt harvey what does it mean for all of those different players different mindset, all that stuff you've heard my mindset on russell iglesias i'll talk to you about matt harvey i'll address some fans that think maybe they should keep harvey i saw that as recently as last night and i don't see the path for that i don't see why they would do that and in fact i'm telling you telling you right now even if you want them long term. There's no reason to keep Matt Harvey, but there is a chance he's a red tomorrow night past the deadline, and I'll explain why, and I'll discuss that next. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Reds podcast. I just wanted to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Core Essentials. That's K-O-R-E. Core Essentials makes the best belt you'll ever own. What makes the core track belts so awesome? There's no belt holes. Instead, they use a hidden track in the back of the belt with over 40 different size points to choose from. It's awesome because let's say you end up eating a lot and you, you know how you have to readjust. It readjusts on its own. Uh, you ever wonder why your pants slip, turn, that waistline into a gut? Well, you walk, eat, you play, your waist size fluctuates. And these track belts are amazing. It, it adjusts to fit your waist exactly exactly. They have one size fit every waist belt from 22 to 44 inches, and they have an extra large belt that goes up to 54 interest, uh, inches, excuse me. You adjust the size yourself. I've worn these belts. I have two. I have a black one, and I have a brown one. They're very fashionable. I've worn them on TV. I've worn them to nice events. I've also worn them out on a Friday in cargo shorts, you know. Well, maybe not cargo shorts because I don't wear those. But you get my point. They go with anything and they carry a 30-day money-back guarantee and a full one-year warranty against all defects, unusual wear, or breakage. So feel confident when you shop and you know that you're covered. But trust me, you're going to love it and want to get rid of all your other belts. I got rid of two. Literally two. I had a brown one that was reversible, got rid of it, got rid of my black one that was old. Now I have two Core Essentials belts. Visit coreessentials.com to learn more and get your own CoreTrack belt to see firsthand why it's the best belt you'll ever own. Seriously, once you go CoreTrack, you'll never go back. And we've got a special offer just for our listeners save 10% off your order when you use code LOCKED ON at checkout. That's Core with a K. CoreEssentials.com. Use the code LOCKED ON to save 10% off your order. Welcome back into the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm James Erpine, recording this uh, just shy of 11 a.m. on Monday. So we got about 28 hours until Major League Baseball's trade deadline. And it'll be interesting to see what the Reds do. I think, honestly, I look at it and it seems like Matt Harvey will be traded, right? Except, isn't there a chance that this team could say, let's wait? Let's wait until August 1st. Let's see if there's a desperate team out there that really needs a starter that's contending for the playoffs. And, again, I've said this multiple times when it comes to Matt Harvey. Let's put ourselves in a contender's shoes. Would you be buying into Matt Harvey as being the missing piece of your championship team, the missing piece of your team that's going to contend for the playoffs or make a playoff run, the answer is probably no. The answer is probably, ah, eh, that wouldn't excite me. Like, would the 2012 Reds, if they needed a starter, put yourself in, back then, let's time back six years ago, would you say, Matt Harvey, missing piece. Big name, might be exciting. Heck, he might actually work out for a team. But are you giving up a lot for Matt Harvey? The answer is no. Here's what I want the Reds to do, is be op- open to trading a Iglesias. I I think, they're going to get a huge offer for Iglesias between now and the deadline. I might be wrong about that. And huge is obviously relative. They might think a, a offer that for, for Iglesias needs to be more than whatever they get. I think they're going to get a pretty good offer for him, though. Will they come off of him? It sounds like no. From what I've seen, it's pretty much, hey, they think they can win next season, and they're planning on doing that. And to me, it's risky. It's risky. It just depends. I just, I I look at Scooter Jeanette, I look at this team, and if you go all in, and you go get that ace this offseason, it would be exciting, and I would like it, and I would be excited for it. I would also wonder how big of a window you actually have. We've endured multiple years of this rebuild. I don't want it to be just for a two-year window of 85 wins. I want it to be for legitimate contention. I want it to, to be, or I want it to be for sustained success. In, in the path of keeping Iglesias and then trading Nick Senzel and Taylor Trammell for the ace you need, well, that really hurts long-term. That really hurts long-term. I, I honestly, deep down, and you might disagree, and that's fine, I'm hoping someone comes in with a strong offer for Scooter Jeanette. I'm hoping someone comes and says, hey, we want Scooter Jeanette. We want him now. Uh, we love that he's under control for next season, and we think he can be a big part of our playoff team. One, for him. And two, because I I really think long-term Nick Senzel's the better player. Might not be next year. Might take a year. But I'm okay with it taking a year. (laughs) This team is in a division. Think about the division they're in. They're 48 and 58. They went on multiple hot streaks. Yes, they started like crap. But they are still so far back. Of the fourth plate, last time I looked, let me check here. Where they're back from the Pirates, just from fourth place. I thought it was five, might've been more than five because the Pirates got hot there. Let's see here, sorry, this is great, great podcasting. Yeah, actually, heck, I didn't even realize, so they're five and a half back of the Cardinals. The Pirates have jumped the Cardinals. So that, to me, tells you where they're at. It tells you how far away you actually are. I think they're farther away than we realize, and so I hope they act that way, and And the danger is, is this front office standing pat at the deadline if they get good offers in hopes of winning next year. I want to win next year. I don't think the difference between winning and losing next year is going to be Nick Senzel starting at second or Scooter Jeanette starting at second, and that's what, I'm, that's what I mean by that. I don't think the difference between winning 85, 90 games next year and not is going to be having Rossell Iglesias close games or Michael Lorenzen close games or Amir Garrett close games. I think both of those guys would be interesting in the closing role. And so with that said, if that is the case, why not see what you can get? I would love to upgrade in the outfield. I've made no bones about it. That's certainly somewhere I'd look at. I think the Reds are set at catcher. They're obviously set at first and third. I like what Peraz has done. He's earned a, a chance next season to build on what he's done so far this year. So it's starting pitching, and it's outfield. That's what I would want in return for Iglesias. That, that's what you, you're you looking for, I think, if you're the Reds. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Reds podcast. I'll have all of the trade news because I think they are going to make a trade, maybe a couple, but at least one um, at some point, even if it's not before the deadline. I'll have it all up at LockedOnReds.com. Thank you so much for listening today. I know the quality isn't what you're used to. It's different when we're recording from Rapine Manor versus the studio. But I appreciate it. Until next time. By the way, you can subscribe, by the way. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And the podcast posted every single one at LockedOnReds.com. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.